Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Nice District in Rogers Place, Edmonton in Minnesota tonight. Yes, I said it. This is the one that's got me nervous. I mean, if you can't get pumped up to play Boston or Tampa, do you have a pulse? This could be a challenge. Minnesota's got a good team. They're deep and they're healthy. Oilers will play again without Connor McDavid. Some guests on Oilers now receive good certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Not just no Connor McDavid. James Neal remains out week to week. According to Oilers GM Ken Holland, uh, Zach Cassian is suspended. Joe Kim Nygaard, underrated uh, guy that was finding a niche, third line left wing out. Oilers best defenseman Oscar Clefbaum not available, and uh, the underrated Chris Russell as well. So $30 million out. The Wild are on their father's trip as well. Some boys going to be playing uh, for their dads tonight. Let's get to uh, our Oilers now headliner today for touchback safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino joins us right now. Hello, Elliot. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. That was a great piece on you in the athletic, by the way, the, the 20 questions. Oh, okay. Thanks very much. Uh, I tried to answer them as honestly as I could, and I appreciate it. Uh, we have, uh, I was going to actually call you earlier. We, we've had some similar experiences with some of the uh, narrative that has been driven back at us over the years. Uh, the comments about <laughs> the comments about weight that always make me chuckle. Because often, uh-huh. often it's from fellows that aren't happy with their own weight, uh, but feel, you know, let's take a shot at the, that. So, no, it's quite enlightening. So people should uh, take a look at it. Who uh, who wrote that piece, by the way? Sean, uh, Sean Fitzgerald. Now, is there any chance that Sean will end up on your podcast one day, Elliot? <laughs> That's really good, Bob, man. That's pretty funny. Uh-huh. Uh, I... I should tell him the joke and yes, do it so that you can rip me when I the next time I come. Oh, on. and that's that's the part of the beauty of the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's very good. I got I got tip of the cap to you, Bob. That's really good. All right, uh, we are closing in on the uh, NHL trade deadline, which is a big day for all of you guys at Sportsnet on Monday. Uh, yeah, I will be with the Oilers down in SoCal, and why do I get the? Uh, sneaking suspicion and we had another deal with Andre Kasha today in Anaheim and Anaheim's taking back some money and you got to know a buyout's coming obviously for David Backus uh, but I get the sense that there's a lot of teams waiting for a couple of bigger pieces to fall here including maybe the New York Rangers and the decision that's ultimately going to get made on Chris Kreider Elliot. Yeah and you know they've got a huge game tonight if they uh, they beat Carolina they're right there and uh I don't think that's been lost on them, too. They've kind of clawed their way right back into the race a bit here with a, with a huge game tonight. But, you know, Boston, I think, uh, you know, I think they looked into it. Um, you know, I think they preferred a guy who could play the right side. I think that was a bit of a difference there. Um, but I still think the Islanders are around that. Uh, I still think um, Colorado's around that. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I think if they could do something like move Nick Jensen to create some room, you know, maybe Washington would be there. But, you know, I, I, I still think there's going to be the other thing, too, is St. Louis, Bob. You know, they, they're playing coy on Tarasenko. And I think that's interesting. And I, and I do think they really want to win this year. They're going for the repeat. And I still wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of fishing on Kreider, too. And then we're going to have, obviously, uh, an effect that takes place after. What, what, if you're, what percentage do you think Kreider ends up getting traded here, Elliot? Above 50. But, you know, I, I do think they're going to try to sign him. But I would say it's it's about I'd say more likely trade than resign right now. Okay, Jean Gabriel Pajot out of Ottawa, uh, late move by Pierre Dorian to get him signed. You know, I, I've heard a couple of interesting things here. I, I've had guys tell me they think Pajot wants to stay. I've also heard guys tell me that they think the market on him has been a little softer than than people would have let, than Ottawa would have liked. And sometimes you wonder how much of that at this time of year is BS and how much of that is a leverage play and how much of that is truth. Um, you know, Ottawa's history is to do it this way. They did it last year with Mark Stone. They waited until late to really talk to him, and then they ended up trading him. Um, I think the biggest thing is what kind of offer does Ottawa make? Um, you know, I, I know one team that negotiated one. Oh, sorry, one uh, agent that negotiated in the past says that one thing Ottawa did once was they backloaded the deal, and that made him and his client worry that he might get traded before it really kicked in. So I think there's that that is kind of part of the problem there. Um, but I do think they'll take a run, and we'll see what Pajot says if he really wants to stay. He probably stays the number that Ottawa finds very comfortable. So we're talking fives. I don't even know. Like, you know, I mean, could it be less? I don't know. Five, four and a half, five, probably. Yeah. Well, they're. I mean, they're an interesting organization. They got a lot of young talent. Like, it's interesting. I heard somebody on NHL radio the other day from Ottawa, and they were talking about the potential of Logan Brown. Uh, and Norris being first and line second, first and second line centers in the NHL, and all I'm thinking is, you know, usually if you're going to be a top six center in the NHL, you're maybe spending half a year in the American. Often it's guys that are, you know, top five overall picks. I'm, I'm thinking that might be a little bit wishful thinking, but they could theoretically, Elliot, end up with two of the top five overall picks, couldn't they? Yes, they could. They got theirs and they got San Jose's. And I think that's one of the things Ottawa's looked at here. You know, I think the number one prospect is Batherson. I think Norris is number two. They called him up. Looks like he's going to play against Montreal tomorrow. Um, you know, one of the things Ottawa has made very clear is that nobody that they think is a legit prospect is getting blocked. And I think that factors into the Pajot decision, too. I think... I think he wants term. I don't blame him. If I was him, I'd argue for the exact same thing. And I think Ottawa could be sitting here saying, we don't know how much term we want to give up to block guys. And the other thing, too, is Pajot's a really good player. Like, don't don't get me, don't make make don't have any mistake on what I think about Pajot, a good player. But is he a long-term one, too? And I think that's one of the things that Ottawa's looking at also. Uh, let's go to San Jose. 
Um, yep. Do they have much else to potentially? I mean, are we? Is Joe Thornton, Colorado, make sense? I think there's some teams out there that would be interested in Thornton. Uh, I think I think Dallas would be. I haven't heard Colorado. I mean, Colorado's a really quick team. I have not heard Colorado. It doesn't mean that um, it's not them. I think I think Dallas has had some interest. I think Boston's had some interest. I think Toronto would have interest. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be any question about interest in Thornton if he wants to go. Um, so, but I think also like I look at the their depth guys like the Goodrows, the Melker Carlsons, the Sorensons. I, I could see those guys all get moved for teams that want some depth players, just like a guy like like Derek Grant. Uh, I, I could see Derek Grant getting moved too, and I think Nemesnikov. There's a reason he was held out last night. I think Colorado and Winnipeg in particular were in on him. We're getting some tracer fire from our listeners on Tyler Innes. Uh, who, yeah, that's true. I think you guys have looked at him. I think that's true. Yeah, well, and of course, we, you know, Tyler Innes followed DJ Smith. And DJ Smith has got some guys that like him as a coach. They like his personality. So there you go. Um, but I'm just wondering whether or not, has there been, do you think there's any chance they negotiate an extension on Innes in Ottawa? Um, I think there's, like, again, it, it comes to the same thing. It's It's how much that they feel that they are going to worry about blocking people. Like, I, I think the guy they really want to negotiate extension there is Connor Brown. So I, I think Ennis is less of a priority. Plus, if you can get something good for him, you can always bring him back. Um, I uh, I think there's something to the Edmonton talk with Ennis. I do. Well, the price point makes sense, right? Ken Holland mentioned uh, yesterday in our show and before that on the media availability that the Oilers have some cap, uh, you know, challenges, yes. obviously. And Ennis is a sub $1 million a year player. Uh, and he can also move up and down your lineup a bit. Bob Green had him with the Medicine Hat Tigers as well. Uh, I've also wondered about, like, uh, Carr in Toronto again, by the way, Bob. I know they talked about it last year at this time. Yeah. I've kind of wondered if Toronto would revisit that. I know he hasn't ha- I know he hasn't had as great a year, but I think he's a better player than he's shown. And uh, I, I've, won- <laughs> I've wondered if that has been rekindled at all. Elliot, the Oilers penalty kill is second in the NHL. And it's in- yep. it's improved here over the last two weeks. And one guy that's been a central part of that has been Jujar Kara. Yeah, and uh, it would not surprise me, Elliot, if Boston would be a team that would be interested in JJ Care as well. Uh, well, they saw him up front the other day. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and I know there's fans that are on him a bit on the five-on-five play, but it's been interesting. So we have kind of a primary market and a secondary market. Is that fair? Well, I think yes. I, I think that's true. I, I like. I think there's teams like Colorado that are kind of in both. I think Colorado is in the primary market. <laughs> Excuse me. But I think they're also looking for uh, more inexpensive pickups like Nemesnikov to plug some of their injury holes. But, yeah, I think you've got, I mean, who's still left? You've got Kreider, um, maybe Paul Mary, uh, maybe Josh Anderson. I think that depends on his health. Um, maybe Trocek. And then you've got, you know, your rentals. Like your Derek Grant's good. A guy's got 14 goals this year. Nate Thompson. Um, I think guys like that. Who you kind of Wayne Simmons? Who you kind of look at and say, you know, those are your pure rentals. Maybe a Nick Cousins out of Montreal who didn't get qualified like Archibald last year in Arizona because they have yeah, so, it's something like that. Like those kinds of guys, you know, there'll be lots of poking around on them for sure. Yeah, anything on Athanasio? 
out of Detroit? You know, I heard I heard Dallas was taking a look at him, and it makes sense because they need Jim Neal and Joe McDonnell uh, were are both in uh, Dallas. They know him really well, yeah. and they could use a burner. So, uh, you know, I think that there's some talk about him. Um, I don't know. Like, I had a long talk with one GM who told me that um, they considered Athanasiu, and he said that the thing that they worried about with him was, you know, is he a guy you have to bring in in the offseason? Like, to, to, to get him comfortable with your team, to get your guys comfortable with him. Uh, I think that, that the one thing he asked that they really discussed internally was I think that's an off-season move as opposed to a deadline move. And he says if they pursue it, they're going to do it in the summer. Yeah, well, that makes sense. You mentioned Trocheck. Florida yeah. spent a lot of money on Q. They spent a lot of money on Bobrovsky. Trocheck hasn't been the same since the knee injury. Are they looking to buy their team down a bit, do you think? No, I think what they're looking for is I think they're looking for a D. Uh, I, I think they're looking for a D. Like, I just don't think that they look at after everything they spent last year that it's acceptable that they could ma- miss the playoffs. I think it's important for them to make it. And, um, like, like, so I think they kind of look at it like, what do we need to do? We have to fix our defense. They don't like the way they defend. And I think they feel that they, if they can add something and somebody who's got some staying power in terms of team control, that I think they would consider a throw check for it. Like, that, that's one last night. You can't lose that one. I know L.A. plays hard, but you can't go in there, score four goals, and lose. And they were in a playoff spot before the night, and now they're out of it because they lost that game. Those are the ones that kill you at this time of year. Uh, Arizona. Yep. They wouldn't do the Thomas Vanek, would they, with Taylor Hall? I don't think so, Bob. I like he's like they, he scored two goals for them the other night in Dallas. I know the math isn't their friend, but I I think they want to keep keep going for the playoffs. Like they're not out yet; they're right there. Their biggest trouble they have is scoring, and he's doing it for them. Uh, I I don't see it. I I really, I mean, I could always be wrong. It's it's happened before, but my guess is they keep them and make the run and see if they can get in. And in fairness to to Taylor in Arizona, I mean they lost. Darcy Camper, who was huge for them. You know, Rantis, he, they have, but I got to say, Rantis played pretty well. Like, I don't know if you saw that game last night in St. Louis, but they were outshot, what, like 50 to 15, and they lost 1 nothing. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Well, take a look at the numbers for Aiden Hill and Ranta. I mean, all of their goals. Jack uh, Michaels was pointing this out earlier today. We were having a conversation. But Arizona's issue is Hall's come in there and been relatively productive, but they can't score. Yeah, they can't score. So if if you're in the race, like that's a total white flag. If 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 you trade him now, yeah. now look like you know somebody could always uh, shock you, and somebody could always uh, you know blow you away and knock your socks off. But I I think generally um, people look at them and they say, you know what, like you're 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 in it and you're going to take a shot at it and. I think they're at least going to try to gauge his interest in sticking around after the year. Elliot, the Edmonton Oilers have gone 3-1-1 one, and one without Connor McDavid in the lineup. Leon Dreisettle has an 11-point lead in the NHL scoring race. Uh, he played great the other night. He ended up minus two, which is the strange part about plus-minus. But, you know, he dominated Patrice Bergeron in the face-off circle, played 29 minutes. Is he a Hart Trophy candidate? Is he the Hart Trophy leader? 
Where is he in this? I think he's absolutely um, – I think he's right now, like, he's a top three guy. Like, is he the number one guy? I probably. Like, I think – like, I think right now, most people kind of talk about him and McKinnon as being the top guys. Yeah. Um, you know, McKinnon, like, it's it's amazing. Like, McKinnon's, what, 40 points of his next highest teammate in scoring. And Dreisaitl, but I think it's amazing. Like, Dreisaitl's number one in the league. And, you know, like, I think that the, the thing that he's really done this year is, as you guys know in Edmonton, the last couple of years, he wasn't always crazy about not playing with McDavid. And I think everybody felt that it had to change in order for it to work, right? And this year, he's had his own line. And, you know, McDavid obviously hasn't played lately. And you guys are really good. And I think that that has helped change the narrative around him. And, like, I I agree with you. I, I think he absolutely is the one or one a guy right now and i don't think he should be penalized when mcdavid gets back as long as he keeps playing it at this kind of level like that says to me he absolutely should be uh one or one a in the conversation well there's no question they're building a program that's the term that ken holland uses the owners have the according to sport club stats for what it's worth the eight best chance to make the playoffs right now I don't even, yep. you know, you, you said the Oilers are really good. I'd say the Oilers have become a very competitive team. And I think gr- they're really good, Bob. I yep. think they're a really good team. Like, you know, I worked that game the other night. We all know how good Boston is. Yep. I, I thought, like, you know, that was not a game where a lot was going on. Like, that was, that was one of, that was a playoff game. That was, you have to grind for your ice. And I, I thought you guys handled yourselves really well. This will be a tough one tonight. You know, Tampa Bay and Boston bring the best. No disrespect to Minnesota. Can't sleep on this team. Elliot, great stuff. A lot of people are going to be watching you on Monday. Thanks for joining us every Friday here at Oilers Now. All right, Bob. Uh, have a great weekend. And that was a great line about the podcast. I'm still laughing about it. That's good. That's, that's good. It's rare when I crack <laughs> a good line on this show. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> Uh, here's, care, here's what we're going to do. i got to go downstairs, go grab spec. Uh, Brennan Escott's going to bring you back in about two minutes' time, a quick 90-second conversation with Tyler Benson. Mark Spector coming up at 105. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. And without further ado, we'll check in on a conversation that Bob had with Edmonton product Tyler Benson ahead of tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild. Tyler, now that you've got a few games under your belt, uh, tell us about how you're feeling out there. Yeah, no, uh, each game just feel more comfortable. Um, felt good on the road. Um, last game was a tougher game against Boston, but uh, looking to get back uh, playing fast against uh, Minnesota tonight. When you play a team like Boston, one of the two best teams, like what are the things that you notice as a as a player when you're immersed in a game like that? Well, you just notice uh, how skilled some of their top players are, but then also how hard they work. They're they're a strong team uh, from top to bottom, and their, their depth just uh, they just keep coming at you in waves. How have uh, Riley Shane and Josh Archibald assisted you? Sort of, you know. I'm being comfortable here. Yeah, they've helped me out a lot. I mean, they're two very responsible players out there on the ice, so it makes it uh, easy for me. And they've they've definitely had a lot of chemistry throughout the year, so I'm just trying to do the best I can to keep it simple and uh, just help them out. A lot of guys from Bakersfield up here right now. Uh, what's it like to be part of that group? And uh, maybe if you could just educate us a bit, sort of on, on how, the, how that whole program down there helped you get here. 
Yeah, I know it uh, starts with the coaching staff down there. They've uh, helped us all out a lot, uh, given us confidence, and uh, they're a big reason uh, for, for why a lot of us have been called up. So, you know, um, the guys that are up here, uh, we're, we're all pretty close, so it's nice to have a lot of close friends here. You still uh, stay in contact? I see... Uh David Quenville got traded the other day. He's a former teammate of yours. Yeah, no, I was, uh, Dave, Dave texted me, uh, congratulating me when I got called up. And, yeah, I just saw you uh, went to New Jersey where his uh, brother John used to play. So it uh, should be a good change for him to see, settle in there. What's the focus tonight against Minnesota? Uh, just keep things simple. We want to get back to the game, uh, playing in the offensive zone, playing hard, and uh, winning, winning the puck battles. That is Edmonton Oilers forward Tyler Benson. We'll press pause for a global news weather traffic update. We'll be back on Oilers Now with Sportsnet's Mark Spector. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.